What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Podcast Critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Big and Tall Outlet on South Napanee Street in Elkhart. 574-293-0111. Big and Tall Outlet is looking to add a part-time co-worker to their crew. If you or someone you know is looking for part-time work, apply in person at the store, South Napanee Street in Elkhart. They're looking for two nights a week with opportunities for picking up other hours. You get an employee discount closed on Sundays. And if it works out, tell them the yak sent you. I need to be in good favor with these people. Big and tall outlet, because big guys got to look good, too. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is? Yeah, you do, don't you? Because you're tuned in. Oh, yeah. It's time for Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Podcast. Here are the two boys. Corey Mann. Chuck Freebie. In South Bend. That's in Indiana. That's in America. This is Jimmy Shorts. Welcome to episode 57 of the Sports Yak. Hi there, my name's Corey. With me sometimes is Chuck Ruby. He's in Colorado, but to my left sits Bob Nagel, broadcast legend. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good to be with you. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I'm so excited and I just can't hide. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. I'm so excited. And it just can't hide. Almost had enough wind for that. 
I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. That's good for you? I enjoyed hearing you as I stepped out of church yesterday and clicked on the old radio dial and you were already at work with a noon tip-off. We had a noon tip-off, Notre Dame women's basketball against Georgia Tech, a team that came in with a lot of talent, a team that we had defeated about a month ago by 21 points, so we were very respectful of them and were really ready to play, and man, did we play. Final score, 90 to 50. As I'm listening, and I was I was listening during the first half, and you were kind of giving that sense of this is going to be this is going to be um, one of those games, and I thought, do they not have the talent on their team? Is there not enough talent in America to compete at that level with a Notre Dame, a UConn, uh, fill in the blank? They came in with a winning record. They have some really good talent. They have the girl that I think is going to be the ACC freshman of the year. Her name is Elizabeth Balagun, and uh, she was averaging 16 points a game. We held her scoreless in the first half when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Scoreless. She ended up with seven. But uh, we were so focused defensively. Brianna Turner is unbelievable what she does when people drive in the lane and they go to put up a good backhanded layup or something like that. Bam! Section 104. And that's in the upper deck. But... Uh, she did a great job inside. We, I, I mentioned on the air yesterday, I said, Notre Dame's defense in the post is sort of like a mix master. You go in there, and I stopped, and I said, oh, by the way, you have to be a certain age to remember what a mix master was. But you know how the, the two things would turn together and you'd chop up, you know, whip potatoes or whatever you need to do? Yes. And people try to go in there and try to pass in there, and we have arms going, and we're long. And the coach said after the game, Notre Dame's very long defensively. There's just no room for that entry pass, and that takes away – maybe 50% of a team's attack that they're used to. And then they got to shoot from the outside, and we're out on them. And uh, their number five was Elizabeth Balagoon, and our number five is a young lady named Jackie Young. And Jackie had her way with them yesterday. She had 14 in the first half, great defense, the whole defense, the whole game plan. And Muffet McGraw and the staff have done a great job. You know, we lost two games ago to North Carolina. North Carolina turned around yesterday and beat number seven, North Carolina State. So people are getting an idea that's a pretty good team. We did not play well there. We had Jackie Young out of the game with an injury. But, you know, a loss is a bad thing unless you learn from it. I think we learned from it. We we were growing growing from there, and I think we're in good shape heading into the last of the regular season and then in the ACC, and then I think there's an NCAA tournament. So everything is still on the board. Notre Dame's uh, tied for first place now in the conference. As we record this on Monday morning, you're preparing for uh, Muffet McGraw's program tonight at 6 o'clock. What does your line of questioning look like for tonight? Well, what we usually do, we start by recapping what's happened since our last show. Okay. So we're going to be talking about a lot of good wins. We're going to talk about North Carolina, obviously. But uh, we'll, you know, look ahead then uh, at the end of the show to the games coming up. We'll also visit with Jessica Shepard, who's going to be there. She is the second girl in Notre Dame history to go 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Ruth Riley is the other one. And uh, then we're going to have a couple of our freshmen. Abby Prohaska will be with us. She's from Ohio. A real uh, energy burst for us when she gets in the game defensively especially. And then we're going to talk with Caitlin Gilbert, who's from Indianapolis, Indiana. Seven games in, she uh, was taken out of the lineup and had her shoulder repaired. And so she'll be ready to go next year. But, uh, you know, at the time, we didn't think we were going to need her. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, uh, we've stayed pretty healthy, and uh, so that's good. So she's going to be 100% with four years of eligibility. We've got some good people coming back next year, and uh, 
but right now we're in a really good position. I think the coach from Georgia Tech said it well yesterday. This is the best team in the country. And uh, we've played like that at times this year. And uh, we've lost twice. And those were arguably the two games that we just, who who is out there? But it happens. And in a 38-39 game season, it'll happen. Did I see some B-I-N-G-O after the game last night? Yes, there was a big bingo game last night. What's that all about? Well, they're raising money for the Pink Zone, which is breast cancer awareness. And uh, Notre Dame traditionally has been the number one school in the country when it comes to this. Now, everybody has a Pink Zone day. Mm-hmm. Kids wear pink uniforms and that kind of thing. And don't think I don't look good in pink, by the way. Well, I got a tie. Anyway, um, they're raising money over the course of about two months. Charla Lewis is our director of special events for women's basketball, doing a great job with that. And uh, they had a good turnout, 150, 180 people went upstairs, played bingo yesterday, paid for a card or whatever. They gave away prizes. But the big thing was to raise money for the total package, which every year traditionally has been over $100,000 donated to that cause. Hmm. So tonight, if you want to show up to that game, if you're listening to this early on a Monday, it's at 6 o'clock. At O'Rourke's Public House, which is in the Yeti Street Commons. Right there on the corner. Right on the corner. And uh, Coach McGraw will be there. She loves to uh, sign autographs. She loves to meet the fans. And we have a great following that uh, shows up at the show. You get a chance to ask questions. We run a trivia contest during the course of the show where you can win prizes. And uh, the uh, refreshments are pretty good. So it's a good time. And uh, we're glad to do it. We have one more show after this later in the month of February. But uh, this will be fun because we get a chance to meet uh, some of our players in a different setting. And Coach McGraw has a, new, a segment that we've added this year, and it's the women's round circle. And Big Bob gets out of the way, and uh, Coach is sitting there with uh, one of her assistants and some of the players, and and uh, the women take over. And uh, she has a great list of questions she'll ask the players. And it's not about you know where you're supposed to be in a 2-3 zone. It's like more uh, lifestyle. Are you Coca Cola or Pepsi Cola? Oh, you know, and okay. and, and they get it's like rapid fire answers and some uh, movie or uh, Netflix. You know, uh, wait for Netflix. And are you on an airplane on Wednesday? We take off uh, Wednesday afternoon. We have to fly down to Miami. Not an easy thing to do this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> you need me to hold your hand or your boot no. or anything? No, I got to take my boot with me. Um, Usually when we go down to Miami, we've been able to sneak out. Matt McGraw and I have been able to sneak out and play golf. But uh, that won't be happening. He'll be year. driving the uh, cart while he plays yeah, this I might, year. I might go uh, enjoy his company. But, uh, it's, uh, it's you know, we play Florida State one year on the road or Miami one year on the road. depends, you know, it rotates. But we've played golf in, uh, in Florida. One time we played at Duke at the Washington Duke course, and it was not great. But compared to what we had up here, it was pretty good. And so Matt and I went out to play, and there was a golf ball sitting in a pond next to a par three. And we didn't take our golf shoes with us. We are both wearing tennis shoes. And uh, so Matt looked over and saw the ball, and he thought, I think I can get that. And he was kind of on the incline down toward the water. And I was walking the other side of the green to get my ball to obviously chip it close and tap it in. And I hear splash. And I go, no. I turn around. And the tennis shoes had slipped, and Matt was about waist deep. Oh, wow. Uh, deep enough to change his voice. And <laughs> it was cold. It was cold. So uh, we had to take the shoes off. We had some towels with us. We dried the shoes off best we could because those were shoes Matt was going to wear to the game that night. Oh. And uh, so that was pretty good. And then about four or five holes later, I'm feeling pretty good because I didn't, I'm not doing that. Right. 
So we're on a par three up at an elevated tee. We're walking down, and it was kind of slimy, semi-icy, semi-whatever. And I've said, anyway, Matt, what I was going to say, I was going to go sliding down to the bottom of this hill. And, I mean, it was a good 20-yard slide into, oh, wow. into mushy, wet, snowy. And I stood up like, oh, my God. So when Matt and I walked back in the hotel when we got done playing, of course we finished. <laughs> yes. Because you're men. Coach, exactly. <laughs> Coach McGraw's like, what in the world happened to you two? And uh, we had to we had to kind of explain ourselves. But yeah. It was all good. Then you had to hit a J.C. Penny to get some new work pants. Uh, well, we, uh, we had to change the clothes. That wasn't the problem. Lucky shoes, you. Shoes was the problem. All right. So it was all good. But we've had, we've had some adventures uh, on the road. So this will be fun, too. Super Bowl 53, Patriots 13, Rams 3. Surprised. Felt bad for New Orleans. Yeah. I think Drew Brees finds a way to get more than three points. But I think New England did what you need to do. They controlled the ball. They got good stops. It was a very good, it was a game we were talking earlier today. I said, it's like going to a one nothing baseball game. And people who go on bus trips to have a good time, you know, hey, whatever, how the game is, one to nothing, man, it's boring. One to nothing baseball game can be fantastic. You know, in the third inning with one on and two outs, Breaking ball down and away. Guys swung and missed. What a great call. What a great, you know, people like looking at you like, what are you talking about? This was a great game. New England did what they had to do. They got some yards. They got three-point lead. Didn't seem significant until it was 3 nothing at halftime. Then it was tied at three. Then they put together a, a real solid drive. They ran the ball down the field. They got the touchdown. They're up 10-3. to three. Got another good drive. Got a field goal. They're up 13-3. to three. And then the Rams, to their credit, didn't quit. They come back. They battled down. They got it to the 30-yard line, and they decided they would kick a field goal from there rather than use any more time off the clock, and then would try the onside kick. And if they get the kick, they got a chance maybe throw it in the end zone and tie the game. The guy missed the 35-yard field goal. <laughs> doink. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't doink anything. But uh, the game was pretty much over at that point. But. You know, people, it's sort of like they compare the Patriots to the Yankees of the old, you know, hate the Yankees. They always win. You know. New England has found out this is a football game. This is a game that is hard to figure out. And over the years, you don't see a lot of teams repeating that kind of thing. New England's got it pretty well figured out. And Tom Brady executes as well as anybody. There are better quarterbacks. There are faster quarterbacks. Quarterbacks with better arms. But nobody thinks the game. Nobody throws the ball on target when he need to i mean the guy's just you know six super bowl championships in nine years i think he makes the hall of fame julian edelman was on a couple of the news broadcasts this morning we didn't get to hear what he said but i, I saw thought it some, was you at first by the way you thought it was me yeah the mvb yeah, most exactly. valuable beard exactly uh he said something on one of the shows i saw the transcript of when he was a young whip whippersnapper on the playground on the asphalt he's like i'm tom brady when they were playing right. then you grow up and you get to play with the guy in the game of games and get the mvp trophy pretty cool seventh round pick out of michigan and you know quarterbacks traditionally the great ones go in the first round then maybe fifth round sixth round he's a seventh round pick and the guy uh, drew bledsoe was a guy who was the number one pick mm-hmm. he had a couple of down weeks Brady comes in, never loses the job. But again, talking to Charlie Weiss, who was at Notre Dame and had been the offense coordinator for New England, I said, what makes you guys, what made New England so special? He said, our mantra was to do your job. 
We never asked Tom Brady to throw a 38-yard out pattern into triple coverage. We looked at the film. We laid out a game plan. We said, we need you to throw an 11-yard pass over the middle of Julian Edelman because the wide receiver will come across and clear out the defensive back. Linebacker can't keep up with them. We'll give you a good odds play. If you execute it, it'll work. That's what they do all season. Yeah. They've done for nine years. Do you think it was just so equal last night wasn't a high-scoring game because they just kind of had each other figured out and they're just both that good on each side of the ball? Yeah, you know, when you have two weeks to get ready, it's different than the regular season, obviously. And I think both teams' defenses played really well. I just think the Rams' defense was on the field too much. Mm-hmm. Their first eight or nine possessions, they punted. That's tough to get the defense back out there, back out there. Four plays, maybe five, six plays, back out there. And they had big guys. That was their strength. They had some big guys in that defensive line. Dominican, and Dominican Sue was a big, big man. End of the game, they were pretty well gassed, and your quarterback can't get your first down, can't get your touchdown. It was a very good defensive game plan uh, by Coach Belichick, good execution by a bunch of guys. Here's one of the things that Charlie pointed out, and I think it's a very good point when you think about the New England Patriots. When this is all over, when this dynasty is all over, Tom Brady will be in the Hall of Fame. Bill Belichick will be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Probably Adam Vinatieri. I'm thinking Teddy Bruschi. Name the next five guys from the Patriots who would be in the Hall of Fame. Right. And you don't, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so the point that Charlie was making is we don't win because we have great players. We win because we have a great game plan and we ask you to execute it and do your job. And it, yesterday and the winning touchdown, one of the guys tight end was uh, not Gronkowski, but the other guy uh, went out and he got split out a little bit from the, from the end of the line. And then when the ball was snapped, he went out and had to block the outside linebacker. And when he blocked him, he also knew that because he was that far outside, that the double team inside would create an opening. He didn't even look to see that uh, Sony Michelle had scored. He didn't even look to see that. He just put his arms up like, I know because I did my job and that guy was out of position. I don't even have to see it. Touchdown. And I thought it was a really neat thing because, you know, what, what I know from, you know, talking with Charlie Weiss about it, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. And that, that guy that was blocking on the outside linebacker didn't have to block him for 10 seconds. You just have to hold him. And that way the other guy has to come out and the double team kicks this. You've got to come inside. you got to touch that. And when he, when he raised his hands without looking, I thought that's what New England does. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart. Big and Tall Outlet features big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's catalogs for 50% off manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at BigandTallOutlet.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well, because big guys got to look good too. Sports Yak. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Follow the Yak on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. But the second K is silent. I'll do my homework on when the commercials became such <laughs> a part of that particular game. But uh, you look back on last night. Was there a particular one that stands out to you? Like, okay, that was a good one. Kept my attention. Entertaining. Got its point across. 
I think we talked about the one where all the former players were in. Love the NFL 100. Yeah, Loved it. That was really something. That'd be a fun game to uh, watch and see if you can name everybody in there. Well, we're still trying to figure out why the guys were wearing the light blue suits or something. Yeah, I couldn't figure out who those three were. Yeah, we'll have to get that figured out. But it was um, it was very good. I, I did. Uh, I don't know why. I liked the Michael Bublé commercial. It was good. Yeah, because I know what he's been through this year. He had a child that was ill, and they prayed hard, and they yeah. were believers, and and uh, and the family situation is good. And uh, there's a product called Bubble, and it's flavored water or whatever. And he was uh, saying, no, that's Bublé. And the guy, I yeah. thought it was Bublé. No, it's Bublé. He okay. looks at the name tag, Davi. Yeah. It's, a, it's Dave. <laughs> You know what I love, though, about that one, now that I have some time to think about it, is the creative room of people that said, you know, we're spelling it just like Michael Buble. Could we call that guy and see what happens? You know? Yeah. And he's got a sense of humor, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Signing the cans at the end of it. Yeah. With a marker. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Buble. It just, you know, the ones that, uh, you know what people are spending to do that. You know, they've got a window 30 seconds to get their message out and they know they have a huge audience Mm -hmm. it's worth the money i guess but it's just uh it's fun when they keep it fun and um you know a lot of you know the uh the beer company that does this all the time they had a couple that were a little bit different um and i know sometimes the people in the rooms who decide this like you're saying the advertising people sit there and they come up with the buble idea pretty clean idea you know i mean this works and that works and it'll work yeah and some of the other ones, well, if we do this and then we do that, then we'll get a hit this way and that way, different general, you know, sometimes they just overthink it. Oh, yes. Let's just have fun. I agree. So a lot of blowback on uh, social media last night about halftime with Maroon 5. Wasn't my favorite performance, but about an hour after the game, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, all right, I'm an idea guy. How about this for an idea? A good chunk of those advertising dollars last night came from movie companies promoting what's coming out this year, the big ones. All right. How, how long do you get at halftime? Do you get 12 minutes, 13? 40. You get 40 minutes. You get 40 minutes, so you give the talking heads a chance to kind of recap the game in 10 minutes. How about this? You grab Tom Cruise, in character as Ethan Hunt, Ooh. and you grab Daniel Craig, in character as 007, them against each other in a 30-minute Hollywood-level movie for halftime. Ooh. That leads into both of their next projects for the next whatever, no, the next year. A 30-minute pedal to the metal, Mission Impossible versus 007. You'd be talking about a quarter of a billion dollars yeah. or something. But, but it sets you up for, and, and everyone would want to watch it. It's the only time you'd ever get to see it, you know? It was, you know, you think about over the years, there have been some fantastic halftime shows. Yes. And... Uh, you think about all the work that goes into it. I mean, there were there were a thousand people in that arena yesterday that didn't watch the game. They were underneath the, you know, in the back rooms and everything. Yeah. And when halftime came, they came running out, and somebody had a piece of a stage, and somebody had a handrail, and somebody had a microphone, and they run out, and they all, you know, they, they give them about six, seven minutes to put this whole thing together, and all of a sudden, here's, you know, all right, we'll take a break. Back with our halftime show in a moment. You come back, I was like, wow. Yeah. And it was you see the lighted uh they're like balloons, but they did formation drones, yeah, you know I, mean, I I had just seen that at a concert two weeks ago, so I told my wife I'm like those are drones, those are pre-programmed because you can't let them go up and that it's like 
It's yeah. a 50-50 chance it's going to go through the circle of the uh, the stadium, the roof. Can you imagine the time that was spent on preparation just for the halftime show? Yeah. The meetings and the logistics are... And uh, this kind of got snuck in, too. That band gave $500,000 to the Boys and Girls Club last night before the before the performance. Nice. Just said, hey, did you know you have to pay to, pl- to play halftime? The, N- the NFL asks you, but you have to pay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're out. Yeah, you and I are, are going to get called, asked, or or uh, we're going to pony up. Uh, let's see here. Mm, yeah, that feels about right. Are you back on Friday for a high school game? Yes, we're uh, we're going to get a chance to cover the game that should decide the Northern Lakes Conference. Warsaw will be at Plymouth. At Plymouth, okay. Plymouth's having a magical year. They uh, thought they would be okay. But they've had some younger guys step up. Their veterans are playing well, and they are playing uh, for the championship along with Warsaw, who has another nice team. You talk about a coach that does a good job, Doug Ogle, uh, down at Warsaw every year. What do we have to work with? And we make it work, and uh, they get it done. They do a good job. Uh, there's a lot of good uh, – there was a great game in town Saturday night. Riley and Penn over Riley. I saw some highlights. Penn got a tip in at the buzzer to win, and so um, that – conference the northern indiana conference could wind up in a three-way tie if marion were to beat penn final game of the regular season all three of the teams on top riley penn and marion would have one loss so it's um it's really a good year and plus at plymouth the, the girls team is playing for the sectional championship tonight and that everybody's kind of surprised that northridge didn't advance to the championship but plymouth beat them and so plymouth is uh, having having themselves a year and nice thing about the super bowl being over and all the other bowl games it is basketball season now, mm-hmm. and totally basketball. And how about the Purdue Boilermakers, number one in the Big Ten, because of IU beating Michigan State? Yeah, uh, that was that caught me off guard. Indiana's been <laughs> a little bit of uh, a mess yeah. in uh, Bloomington. You know what they call the student section down there? Give it to me. That'd be Archie's Bunker. Archie's Bunker. Archie Miller, the head coach. That's Archie's Bunker. Saturday afternoon, I went to the uh, Bethel Grace game. My uh-huh. daughter graduated from Grace, but our family are Bethel fans. We love the Lightfoots. I wanted to tell you this stat. Sophomore Trevion Cruz became the first player in program history with multiple triple doubles. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. Sophomore. I love that. I love that kind of number because that means that somebody didn't go out and have 28 points, mm-hmm. didn't have 17 rebounds, did everything it takes. The assists. The rebounds, the the points, all team. That's what Jackie Young did a couple about five games ago. She had a triple double, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, did she really?" Yeah, but it was like you know, fifteen points. It was uh, eleven rebounds and ten assists or something. But almost all the time, Notre Dame women basketball has had seven uh, triple doubles, and I think every one of them was done by a guard who was involved in all those things: uh, steals, assists, points. And rebounds. So, yeah, that's a that's a great stat. And I tell you what, Ryan Lightfoot's doing a great job. How about following a legend like Mike Lightfoot? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, actually was talking to John Natale, whose brother Tony is the new athletic director. That's at right. Bethel. So happy for Tony Natale. Really great guy. A lot of people don't realize Tony Natale actually has the winningest record uh, percentage wise in Bethel history. And they said, "What are you talking about?" I said, well, he's one and zero officially. Mike Lightfoot got suspended. And they go, you're kidding. You're like Mike Lightfoot ever gets suspended. But he did for one game. And so Tony was actually the coach of record in Bethel 1. So he, he's 1-0 all time. I think that's 100%. Uh, 
And um, now he's the athletic director. And uh, so if you get a chance to congratulate Tony Natale, what a terrific, uh, terrific asset he has uh, been to Bethel. Track and field coach, won national championships. Just a really, really great guy. Let me end on this. Speaking of suspensions. Yes. You ever talk back to a ref at a women's basketball game? You ever uh, um, little comment uh, as you're walking out the arena? There was a couple times where I was pointed to by an official. And one of the things about sitting courtside is uh, they have to run by you. Yes, they do. Time. And uh, I used to whine a lot more than I do now. Okay. Because I found that it didn't change any call. And, you know, people would uh, kind of bust on you afterwards. You know, eh, man, you were whining about the event. Sometimes they're bad. But you know what? Sometimes I'm bad. And so uh, when they would run by, you know, you're sitting there, um, that was her fourth foul, the first one that's been called, you know, like uh, you get a little, and uh, one time uh, I got my hands up, like it was a really bad call. It was a total missed call by the official. And she's down there going fouls on, you know, call it charging foul on us. And our girl got pushed from behind. I saw it. She didn't. And she's going to fouls on one. I go, well, I'm raising my hands and I'm a big guy and I'm standing up like, what in the world? And she goes, sit down. Okay. Because okay. I know that there would be no, uh, there'd be no harder penalty for me to pay than to answer to Coach McGraw for a technical. I heard you say something yesterday, and that's what made me think about it. Uh, the, the whistle was blown twice, and it didn't feel like somebody called the actual foul. You're like, what was the whistle for? Four times yesterday. The four whistle, times. Four times the whistle blew, and there was one time they said the 30-second shot clock didn't start. I okay. get I get that. Um, but there were other times when they blew the whistle, and then nothing happened, and they were, like, looking at each other. And a lot of the time it happened when the score was – 40 point difference in other words what difference would it make but they blew the whistle a couple times and what i would like them to do and i'm the radio guy Mm -hmm. so they will run right over to the tv crew and the tv crew somebody will take their headset off and they go we had an offsetting uh unsportsmanlike so each player will be assessed a foul but we're no shooting not shooting any free throws and we're just going to inbound the ball over here and I'm, I got my head set off, kind of listening down. I'm thinking, could you maybe come down and talk to – I'm lonely anyway, but no. <laughs> just come down and tell me what's going on or, yes. or tell the sports information director and let him tell everybody. But when they come over and they uh, – uh, some of the officials love you know the airtime because they know when they're bent over the uh, counter, they're talking to the TV people that the cameras are on them. So we have a couple of the officials who are known as TV somebody – Okay. So, um, but you know, they're, they're working hard. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh, I was talking to an official yesterday who's going to be working the new football league. Okay. And he was talking about what they're going to pay and that kind of thing. And I'm the XFL? Uh, the, the, like the former XF. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to call it. They're calling it something else. But oh, okay. He's been invited to be an official. And, but he said, I'm not working for less than this or less than that. And they're talking about how some of these guys that officiate the big games, the NCAA games and that kind of thing. Are making three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand a year, and I and I he, he said that's ridiculous. I said you know what, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, making a million and a half, two million dollars a year, people don't complain about that. You're a specialist. That's what you do. You're traveling. You're living in hotels. You're going from game to game to game, and your window for doing that is about twenty years before your hips start to give out, and uh, 
So if you make some money, I got no problem with it. If it, if it takes away, like they're talking about the NFL now, mm-hmm. hiring officials full time, you're going to make a quarter of a million dollars or whatever. We'll pay your expenses, but you aren't working somewhere else. You're not, you're, you're spending time during the week looking at film, which they are anyway. These guys work harder than you can imagine. Uh, Dave Perry used to be the athletic director of Michigan City, and he was an NFL ref. Got an envelope on Thursday. He will be working the Denver game on Sunday. So he was an athletic director, and he would get done, you know, with his chores. He'd fly out on Friday evening, land somewhere on Saturday, meet with the other officials, make sure they're all there. Then they'd meet with the on-site rep, take a tour of the stadium and the field, make sure everything was laid out correctly. Then they went into a film session with a guy from the NFL. Uh, the, after the game, the coaches all are welcome to send stuff in. You're missing a holding call in this guy. He must have held six times. They go and look at the video. They're aware of it. That doesn't mean they're going to call it. They're just made aware of what's going on. And then you know they, they got to go to dinner somewhere without using their names and everything because nobody's supposed to know that they're there. Mm-hmm. And they'll find a movie sometimes and go to a movie or something. Sunday morning, they're there at 9 in the morning for a 1.30 kickoff. Get their uniforms on. They got to meet with both coaches. They got to you know find out, you know, what are your concerns? What are, and then the game's over, and the best time, the best rating you can give an official is if you don't know who it was. I don't know who to officiate that game because there wasn't any bad calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. They go get on a plane. They fly back to wherever they're going. They go back to work Monday morning just like the rest of us. But it's, uh, you know, you got to want to. And it's a very limited uh, amount of spots available. But if they're paying them well, I think that's good because the uh, the game needs that integrity. Uh, back to the Bethel Grace game. Yes. 85-58. Oh. But the freshman I wanted to tell you about from Carmel, uh, 6'1 guard Eddie Gill the fourth. Right. Does that ring a bell? Yes. That dude is going to be one to watch for the Lancers for a while. Well, and the uh, thing about Carmel is they have a, well, it's a huge enrollment. I think it's the biggest enrollment in the state. Okay. And uh, some really, uh, Carmel's a pretty good suburb of Indianapolis. They've got a high caliber of uh, athletes and in football and basketball. They are well coached and they do a good job. And uh, they come out of a program that teaches the fundamentals of the game. And that, that guy's going to have a great, great career. And if people have never seen Bethel or Grace or you know, Indiana Wesleyan, Marion. Uh, uh, I'll throw those two in there. Uh, Goshen College. Mm-hmm. Um, the folks over in um, Spring Arbor, Upton, Indiana, Taylor University. There are some uh, unbelievable teams, programs, skill sets, athletes. Any and and NCAA, a guard probably needs to be six two, six three. A post player needs to be six ten, six eleven. What if you're a six seven post player? Well, you either got to become a shooting forward or a tall guard somewhere, which is hard to do, or you can go to a place like, you know, the uh, the conference that Bethel is in, and excel and play well. And mm-hmm. those guys, man, they go for, you know, the the game is forty minutes long. They give you forty five minutes of effort. Yeah, I mean they're up and down the floor, and somebody gets knocked down, and because of the strong Christian background of all these programs, you see guys stop, help the other guy up. Pat him on the back. Somebody makes a great shot. Nice shot. I mean, it's a, it is a great, great form of uh, of athletics. And if you get a chance to see a game at Bethel or at Grace or at Goshen, some of the places locally, uh, or if Indiana Wesleyan's in town, uh, Marion mm-hmm. University is a, 
it's just it's just fun. It's uh, it, they play hard, give it everything they got. And when it's over, they shake hands and hug each other. Your praise for the uh, gifts that they were given that they could put out on the floor. Bob, thanks for coming off the bench. Much like a referee, you can punch your clock and get back on your plane and go back to where you're from. Yeah, and by the way, <laughs> the voice the voice was a little raspy, but I'm feeling good. You're it's fine. Just, uh, just a little raspy. The weather. I don't know if you heard of it. Oh. What, what did you call it this morning? The accordion? The uh, uh, yo-yo? She called it something. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I forget what it was. We're 100 degrees different today from what we were a week ago. A hundred. A hundred. Uh, 52 today, and last week it was minus 45 winds. So that's, a, that's a hundy to me, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, I've got some SPF 50 on my desk for you before Wednesday, so <laughs> let's, get, let's, let's end this program, go get lubed up, and get ready to go. We'll do it. Sports Yak, the podcast. A yak, you know what that is? It's like a water buffalo and a and a, like a ugly guy. This is Jimmy Shorts, and you've been listening to Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. Time to turn it off. Get on with your life. Get out of here. Until next time, sports fans. Sports Yak is on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.